go to Psalms 23. Been using that as our springboard uh, into this series of in the presence of our enemies. And uh, I want to continue with that. I want to go to that in Psalms uh, 23 this, this evening. Uh, verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done. We ask you to open our hearts and minds, Lord, receive the word you'd have us to have, Father, and help us to be what we need to be, Lord, and we just give you the praise and glory and honor and all things. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. We've looked at Moses and how he survived in the presence of his enemies. Uh, we've looked at Daniel and how he served in the presence of his enemies. But tonight I want to look at the life of the man that wrote this psalm tonight. And that's David. I'd like to bring you a message in the series, Surging, Surging in the Presence of My Enemies. And surging, it means gaining ground, uh, getting more of God and letting God do more in your life. Uh, surging, surging is not decreasing in the presence of your enemies, but going forth and gaining uh, that as uh, possible to gain ground, even in the presence of our enemies tonight. Instead of losing ground, the Bible said we are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. The Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Bible said if God be for us, who can be against us? So you don't have to live in this dark world that we live in and just to maintain and maintain or lose ground. We're called to gain ground as Christians in this world. Like I said, you say, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. And David, in this text, is not only fellowshipping with God in the presence of his foes. He said, God prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. And that, that's a picture of fellowship with God. Uh, we're, we're going to sit down at the table and God is, is feeding me. God is having fellowship with me. And those are some things that we realize we can do even, surround our, even being surrounded by our enemies that we live in this world. God has fellowship with us. We have fellowship with God through prayer. We have fellowship with God through His Word. But that's, it's more than just God having fellowship and God feeding us. David literally said at the end of verse 5, I'm also surging, my cup runneth over. He says, I'm surging in the presence of my enemy. I'm increasing in my walk with God while my enemies are right in front of me, right in front of my face. Notice he said, thou anointed my head with oil. I'm increasing in the anointing of God while my enemies are all around me. You, you can have, you don't have to have less power with God or less favor of God in the presence of your enemies. You, you can have 
uh, you can show the presence of your enemies. Uh, you can have such faithfulness to God so that God can anoint you more and more in the presence of your enemies. Let me say this. I do believe in God anointing his people today. You say, that's Old Testament theology. We have the Holy Ghost inside of us. I realize that. I still believe God still anoints his people for service, anoints them to do what God wants to do. And if you yield yourself to God, God still lays his hands on his people, anoints them, and endues them with power to be able what God wants to do to what God wants you to do. David said, I'm, I'm getting anointed in the presence of my enemies. He also, my cup runneth over. He, he, he said, God is doing this so much in my soul. I feel like it's running over tonight. All over the place. God, David said God is, was able to do this in David's life and, and send David forward while his enemies are all around him. We all know about this, uh, like to have the enemies all around us in our life. We know all about that. It'd be some physical individual or it could be uh, something in your life. Uh, uh, it would be your, your own flesh or the world, the devil. We know about the enemies that come before us. We know how to see the enemies. But we should not lose ground because we're standing around our enemies. David surged. David grew. He gained more and more in the presence of his enemies. David knew what it was not just like to survive like Moses did. David knew what, his, uh, knew what it was like not just to serve like Daniel did. But David is a man writing the Psalms and he knows what it's like to surge and come out on the other side of the battle and come out on the other side of the trial, come out on the other side of the temptation and have not lost ground but gained ground. He said, that, is that possible? Yes, that is possible. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 3 tonight. We're going to be all over Samuel, so just go there and stay there. 2 Samuel chapter 3 tonight. What we right ready to read here is, uh, uh, is in, happens in David's life, and it's about a 10-year span in David's life of Saul and the Philistines, the Philistines trying to, to rub him out, to get rid of him, trying to kill him. His enemies daily right in his face, surrounding him every day. He, he is surrounding him. They're chasing him. They're trying to kill him. And yet, watch what happens in this 10-year span of David's life and the time that uh, uh, David kills that Philistine to what uh, uh, we're reading now is a 10-year span. It's been happened 10 years and transpired in David's life. 10 years, Saul's hunted him. Saul's hated him. For 10 years, the Philistines are trying to do him in. But watch what the Bible said happened in David's life, regardless of the enemies around him. They get a hold of this. When I read this, I said, man... This is such good stuff. Verse, three, verse 1 of chapter 3. David is surging, surging. Now there was a long war between the houses of Saul and the house of David. Notice this. But David waxed 
stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. He's getting stronger in the presence of his enemy. Here, here we find that it doesn't matter to David what his enemy is doing. He, he's going to make sure what he does, he doesn't stump his growth with God. Listen to what I'm about to say now. There are times you can let the enemy is doing or hinder you and stump your growth of God, uh, your walk with God. You can let the enemy stop that. Your growth should not depend on what the enemies are doing. Your growth should depend on your personal fellowship and relationship with God. Your walk with the Lord. Regardless of what your enemies are going doing around you, what, regardless of what they're throwing at you, regardless of what that's happening in your life around you, your walk with God should not depend on what they're doing, but it should be with what you're doing with God. You're looking at the story of David, and there's no way David should be getting stronger and stronger. And Saul should not be getting weaker and weaker. David is a, is a little guy. David's not the king yet. David's uh, on the run for his life, but it seems like uh, 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 every day David, David is gaining forces. He gains prestige. He's gaining more and more. And Saul is getting weaker and weaker. Now imagine in the first years of that 10-year span that David runs through here. David's running and trying to get, keep him being killed. I imagine he said, God, it's going to kill me. I, I, I can't make this. I, I'm not going to be able to go through this. It's going to destroy me. God looks at Daniel and says, no, it ain't going to kill you, Daniel. This is actually going to kickstart your life with me, David. It's not going to destroy you. It's going to kickstart your development with me, David. It's going to make you who you are. It's going to, it's going to mold you into what I need you to be. So don't focus on the enemy. Don't get focused on what the enemy is trying to do to you. Focus on what I'm trying to do with you. David's going to make it. You're the king. I want you to be. It's going to be through the trials. It's going to be through the tribulations. It's going to be through the struggles. It's going to be through the enemies constantly being in your face. And trying to do you in, David. I'm going to make your life surge in the areas that you never dreamed possible. Hey, don't, don't, don't get so discouraged because uh, the enemy's all around you. Don't, don't get all upset because the enemy's all there. They're trying to do you in. They're trying to uh, stop you from living from God. They're trying to tender you up. That might not be the uh, killing your Christian life, but it might be something God is trying to use to kickstart your life and your walk with Him more and more and getting closer to Him. So don't worry about what the enemy is doing. You know what a good test of a soldier is? How much trouble a soldier can take. How much trouble that soldier can handle. The test of a good soldier, a good warrior, is how much... Hell he can go through and keep on going. Don't stop. Don't hinder. It's the level of his endurance that's keeping going forward. And he doesn't make him worse. And we don't get worse about it. But it makes us stronger. And, and God uses that to surge our life forward. That we gain more and more every day in God. 
How, how does David surge in the presence of his enemies? What are the things that David grabs a hold alone in these 10 year spans of his life? Whether it be like Moses or whether it be Daniel or whether it be David or any, any man that we look at. What is it that they got a hold on to help them to serve God, to uh, 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 worship God, to surge in God? Can I say this, each and every one of these men, let me just say this. If the Lord is not the center of your life, if he's not the epic center of your life, you'll not be able to survive, you'll not be able to ser service, and you'll not be able to surge serving God. David knew that. David's done that. He, David is getting stronger and stronger. No matter what the enemy is doing around him, David is getting stronger. David learned to lead. He learned to be a leader. When, when David comes on the scene in 1 Samuel chapter 16, he's anointed to be the next king. 1 Samuel chapter 17, he kills the Philistines. 1 Samuel chapter 18, Saul's trying to kill him. Now he's on the run for his life. How could David learn to be a leader when he's running for his life? David starts out immediately learning how to be a leader. You say, preacher, I'm not called to be a preacher. I'm not called to be an evangelist. You're right, you're not. But every one of us sitting here tonight is called to be a leader in God. You're called to lead people. You're called to lead the lost of the world and to Christ. You're called to lead the sinners to Christ. You're called to be a leader. And I'd like for this church to be full of leaders today, leading people to God, leading people to Christ. So we know that David learned to be a leader. We find in David goes from leading sheep in 1 Samuel 16, the leading soldiers in 1 Samuel 18. You know what, something about David I find, get this, I never find David is never a thermometer. David is always a thermostat. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, a thermometer tells you the temperature of the room or an individual. If you read the life of David, David changes people. A thermostat changes the temperature. David was one of those that he came on the scene no matter where he was at. David changed things. He changed people because he was a leader and people flocked to him because David was somebody that lead people. David learned how to live for God and stay red hot and fired up. That's how we should do it. We should learn how to uh, uh, serve God red hot, fired up, and ready to lead people. Regardless if anybody else does it, David said, I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to be faithful to you, God. Regardless what my enemy is doing, whether anybody else follows me, I am going to serve you. I want to be what you want me to be. Regardless. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 23. David learns to be a spiritual leader. How, how did David learn to be a spiritual leader? Well, he hung out with the people that were spiritual leaders. 
This, this is while he was on a run from Saul. The Philistines are trying to kill him. Verse 1 of 23. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they robbed the threshing floor. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite the Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. But the problem is, there's a problem. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we're afraid. We're here in Judah, and we're afraid. We're scared to death here. How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of Philistines? And they're saying, hey, David, we are afraid. If we're afraid here, then I'm going to be certainly, I'm going to be afraid when I go to Keilah to face the enemy. David is able to take a bunch of fearful men. He says, we're going to go whip them. David said, get together. We're going to go down and fight them. They said, no, we're afraid. We're scared to death. How in the world are we going to do that? David's not a thermometer. David's the thermostat. He's learning how to lead. He's, doing, he's been around those spiritual how he does it. And he does it well. Well, I guess you're right. He says, here, and then don't worry about Keilah. He said, don't worry about that. David was able to take fearful men and turn them into fighting men. David is able to take fearful men and turn them into fearless men. David is able to take the faint-hearted man and turn them into faithful men. David is, not a, 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 David is a good at taking a nobody and turning him into the somebody. Why? Because he developed the ability to have courage and have a consistent in his life and walk with God. Verse number four. Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise and go down to Keilah, for I delivered the Philistines in thy hand. These men were scared to death. They were not going to go. But David had such a walk with God. He had been in this uh, prayer closet. And he comes out in his prayer closet. He says, boys, I I've been with God and God has told me we can do it. If God said we can do it, uh, get your sword. We're going to battle. The battle's not yours. It's God. We're going to go down on it because God said go. He'll fight for you. They looked at David and said, hey. We, we might not have enough confidence in us. We don't have confidence in our ability. But David, we've seen your walk with God. We've seen your consistent walk with God. We've seen how God has used you. And we don't have confidence in ourselves. But we've got enough confidence in you. And we'll follow you. We're right behind you. David is always able to take men and get more out of them than they ever dreamed they could get done. How is that possible? David, learn how to lead. Listen, develop a skill where you have a, such a consistency in your life and such courage in your Christian walk that people start following your example for God. Develop your Christian life to the point where you lead others to Christ. Look at chapter 22. Go back one chapter. You said, well, David has got these men. He goes down and wins the battle. He gets back all that was lost. 
I want you to see the caliber of these men that David leads. These are not warriors. These are not people that's battle ready. So David therefore departed thence and escaped to the caves of Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Now listen, and everyone that was in distress, everyone that was in debt, everyone, everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto David. And he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men. You see this. It, it, the, the, these men that David has, they're, they're nobodies. They're scared, they're frightened men, they're distressed, they're in debt, they're discontented, they're nobodies. But you know what the Bible calls them in, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse number 8? You know what the Bible calls these men right here that's frayed, discontented, uh, and they're, they're scared? The Bible says these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. And it goes on and gives you a list of all these men, the mighty men that was here, and all the th deeds they'd done and the great things they'd done for God. David was able to take a bunch of scared men that didn't know what to do and turn in them to something that God can use and you can do it too. If we become a leader in Christ, God will show you what he can do. You say, what made them so meager? Men to mighty men. It was one fellow. It was one guy that had enough consistency and enough courage in his life to lead forward to God. You might think you're not doing much, but I'm telling you that you are a child of God in God's army. And if you make your mind up, you're going to go on with consistency, be consistent and courageous. For God, people will start following your example. And that's what we need to have in this world today. Mom and Daddy, you got to make your mind up in such a way that your testimony in your home, you're going to have such a consistency in your walk with God, and you're going to show some courage in your walk with God that your family will follow you. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, after David kills the giant, chapter 17, uh, the Bible said David went in, in front of the people and behaved himself wisely then it said he, he behaved himself more wisely then it said he behaved himself very wisely the people again noticing David coming in going out they noticed that he, he was the same all the time he, he was consistent he was courageous there was nothing changing about it your family needs to see that your walk with God is on a consistent thing that you have enough faith to make the tough decision while you're serving God you know why most people's children won't follow them they don't see that consistency or courage in their walk with God. They, they might see it at church, but when they get home, they don't see that consistency. They don't see that boldness you have at church. And they don't follow you. If you want your family to follow you, you're going to have to make your mind up. You're going to go all the way. You're going to have courage. You're going to have that consistency. 
Just like he said, Joshua said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You've got to make that decision. You've got to say, hey, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what the enemy's doing. I don't care what's going around me. I'm going to serve the Lord. I am going to lead my family. David learned to lead. He developed opportunities to lead. You need to develop opportunities in your life to become a leader for God. Let me say this. You can't. Let me say this. You cannot be a leader until you learn to be a follower. Can I say that again? You cannot be a leader until you learn to be a follower. God has put in your life that you can lead others. It's infectious. It's infectious. You know, if people see cowardice as infection, if the Bible says, uh, and Moses told them, says, uh, don't be cowardly because if they see your cowardness, it'll affect the others. But you know, not only is cowardice infectious, but courageous is infectious too. You can be courageous and it make other people courageous. You know what else is infectious in church? Worship. You, you, let me tell you, if you get somebody sitting over the corner and all of a sudden God hits them, they stand up, whoo, praise God, it, it, it gets infectious and it means it starts spreading out and people get excited about it and they want to worship God. It's infectious and there's nothing wrong with that. Be a leader. Sometimes you're going to have to be the one that say, hey, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand and I'm going to praise God for what he's done for me. Amen. We've got to do that. You've got to be a leader. You've got to be a leader all the time. Look at chapter 19. David learned to be a leader. He, not only did he learn to be a leader, and I, I pray that we get some leaders. He said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not supposed to be a leader. Every one of us is supposed to be a leader. Every one of us. we got young Young children in church, older people, y'all are the leaders. You got young girls in the church, ladies, y'all are the leaders. You need to accept the example. Let me say this. 14 years old, who do you seek counsel from? Somebody that's 14 years old, just as smart as you are? You better find you somebody that's older than you, has been serving God and walking with God longer than you, and hang out with them. Amen. We, we, the reason why we got so many people falling away because they're seeking the counsel from the wrong people. Our children are seeking counsel from children. David had longevity. Why, why did David have longevity? He leaned on longevity. He, he started leaning on someone that had been in longer than he was. He, he had longevity of other saints of God that had been around in things of God a lot longer than David had been. We find that Saul has tried to kill David two times, and David takes off running and looks where he goes. He's leaning on longevity of somebody else. Verse 18, So David fled and escaped and came to Samuel, to Ramoth. And told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and dwelt in Noah. And he said, 
Saul saying neither. Behold, David is at Naamah and Ramoth. How did David is able to surge? He found out leaning on the experience of an older saint of God would help his walk surge forward. If you're going to be a plumber, you don't go to an electrician to learn to be a plumber. You find somebody's been plumbing an awful long time. If you want to be an electrician, you don't find somebody's just been in the business the same length of your time. In the same way, when I got saved and when God called me to preach, I knew that I didn't know when. I don't know nothing. I, I, Lord, you, you, gotta, you made the mistake. Now, if I'm done it, I accept it, I'm going to do it. But you've got to find somebody I can hook up with. And I hooked up with some people. I, I hooked up with some people that have been in the ministry a whole lot longer than I've been alive. I hooked up with one guy I've been preaching longer than I've been alive. A long time. And I hooked up with him. I, I sat with him. I listened to him. I, I got a couple friends now. Uh, Brother Jimmy Foster, I talked to him on the phone a lot. To, I hooked up with him. I, uh, Brother Emory Freeman, I hooked up with him. And, and I sat down. I've had problems. I, I could come to him. I said, hey, what about this? What happens here? And they'll show me. They'll leave me. I lean on those that had more experience than I did. If you want longevity, if you want to be in this ministry for a long time, you want to walk with God, you better hook up with some old saint of God and follow them around and let them teach you the ways of the Lord. And that goes for the women too. goes for the women too. David realized that, hey, I need to lean on somebody, and I need to lean on somebody that knows more about this than I do. And that's what I did. I leaned on somebody more. If you're going to be a Christian, you want to walk with God and you want to surge and get more ground and go better in a Christian life, you better get around some Christian that stuck it out through the trials, stuck it out through the pain, gone through the fires, and have been through hell by a half acre full and hasn't knocked them out. They're still going. They're still there. They're still here. If it hasn't made them quit, and you know their life, they stuck it out, they shouted it out, they praised it out, hang around them. They might teach you some stuff, and it might just rub off on you. He said here, Samuel said, hey, I'm still here. First Sam, look, look at the caliber, 1 Samuel chapter 12. That's where Samuel's at. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 12. Everybody wants a king. They want a Saul to be king. Samuel tells them, <laughs> ain't a good idea. Ain't a good idea. And Samuel, verse 1 said, And Samuel said unto all Israel, Behold, I have hearkened unto your voice, and all that you said unto me, and made a king over you. He said, I, I've, I've been living for God since I was a child. In verse number three. And he, and he behold, the king walking before you, and I am old and gray-headed. Behold, my sons are with you, and I have walked before you from my childhood unto this day. He said, I've been walking with God since I was in a childhood. I, I'm, I'm old and gray now. I've been in this thing for a while. I haven't quit. I haven't ran off. I'm still in it for God. Verse number three says, Behold, here I am a witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed, whose oxen I have taken. 
beaten, whose ass I have taken, whom I have defrauded, whom I have oppressed. Of those hands have I received any bribe to blind my eye, where therein I will restore it to you. Is if I've done anything wrong, if I've done something wrong to you, and you can prove it, bring it to me, show me. And if I did it, I will restore it to you. And then they said, Thou hast not defrauded us, nor oppressed us, neither hast thou taken aught of any man's hand. And he said unto them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointing is with this, this day, and you have not found aught in my hand. My answer is, he's witness. David yoked up with somebody like this. He walked with God. He knew God. And, and you know, that's Bible principle. Can I say that's Bible principle? That's a Bible pattern we see in the Bible. Joshua latched up with Moses. Elisha latched up with Elijah. David latched up with Samuel. Timothy lashed up with Paul, and so did Titus. They lashed up with Paul. We see as a Bible prince, you want to, you want to be a surging Christian. and you, get, you want to gain ground. You want to come out on the other side of the battle, gaining more than you lost in the battle. You better hook up with somebody that's been in this a lot more and longer than you have. It's got a lot more consistency and got a lot more courage than you have. You better find you somebody. 1 Samuel chapter 26, and I'm done. He learned to lead, and he learned to lean. He leaned on those with longevity. He leaned on the right person. You know, you can lean on the wrong person in life. <laughs> you better be careful on who you lean on, because they might be trying to find somebody to lean on, too. You both lean on each other. ain't going nowhere. Amen? Just two leaning people not going anywhere. He learned. He lead. He leaned. But he didn't let bitterness eat his life up. And I, I feel, I honestly could tell you, this is where a lot of Christians lose it. Bitterness. It's a cancerous thing. It eats people up. You realize it would have been easy for David to get bitter in his own life? And David could have been bitter. Saul was going to, going to give up, uh, give David his daughter, Mira, and David loved her. But right when the time had come to give her, Saul gives her to someone else. Then we find that the man that David looks to be the king, his friend, tries to kill him. If anybody had cause to be bitter, Saul chased him all over the countryside through the wilderness. If anybody had cause to be bitter, it certainly was David. But that was the problem with Saul, not David. Saul got consumed with David and his bitterness. David could have gotten that same place where he hated Saul as much Saul hated him. But David refused. He knew that if he let his life get bitter, listen to me, he knew if he let his life get bitter, he knew that it would not let his life surge or strengthen his walk with God. Get that. If you get bitter, you get bitterness in your soul, you're not going to walk with God like you should. In fact, I can tell you this, bitterness would probably kill you. 
here in chapter 26 is the last time David sees Saul. The last time they see before Saul goes and gets killed in the battle. David has come upon Saul while he was sleeping. And he takes his spear and used to try to, the one that Samuel has tried to, Saul has tried to kill David with over and over. There we go. And Saul used David's voice and said, Is this the voice of my son David? It's verse 17. And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore doeth my lord thus pursueth after his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand? You see what happens here? David does does not return back to Saul what Saul was trying to give to him. Twice Saul takes this same, very same spear and tries to kill David. David could have taken that same spear in bitterness and anger and threw it right back at Saul, but he doesn't. He said, I'm not going to do what you've been doing and trying to do to me. David tells Saul, why don't you leave me alone? I'm trying to serve God. I ain't out to get you. I ain't bitter about you. Verse 22. The Lord render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness, for the Lord delivers thee into the hands of thee. But I life surging when people come across your path and they're trying to throw things in your life that's trying to hinder you trying to ruin you trying to get you so bitter and you start focusing on them it'll end up ruining your walk with God I know I can testify to that you can't surge you can't grow you can't gain but I've learned God takes care of things I've learned in my walk with God, I've learned to keep my mouth shut. If I'm going to keep doing what the Lord wants me to do, I've got to focus on what God wants me to do and not the things that are around me. I cannot focus on what they're throwing. I'll dodge the spears every now and then, but I'm not focusing on the enemies that are trying to hinder me. I'm focusing on what God wants me to do. God will take care of it. And God takes care of Saul. You read the story, end of the story. Saul gets killed in the battle. God takes care of it. If I can just dodge the spears instead of trying to catch them and throwing them back, we're, we're that way. When somebody does something, we get bitter. We want to throw everything we can back at them. But David didn't. If I can just keep myself happy and not hateful and keep my joy in the blessing of God, and not get bitter, it's my life surging forward, going forward, moving forward, and gaining ground in God. Instead of getting all wrapped up in all the things that's going on around us, and that's so easy to do, it is so easy to get caught up in what the world is doing, our people that are around us, what they're doing, 
if we stay focused on what we need to stay focused on, we can, do, we can go forward, we can surge, we can gain ground in our walk with God. I hate snakes. <laughs> I 